Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where I tell you what's happening at the movies, and I'm gonna tell you about a movie called Skin today. You already know about a movie called Rocket Man. They both star my guest, Jamie Bell. I don't know when you have time. You're a new father again. Yes, you know, you've got to hang out with your I kids. I know, no, it's true. It's true. Well, I'm not working right now. I'm no. taking time off right now. So, okay, so yeah, it's, yeah, I'm being it's, dad it's right all now. good. Yes. It's all yes. good. Now, we can see by this with Skin in the Poster, and this is a true story. I knew nothing about the story, you know, when I, when I read the script for the first time. Um, you know, it was, it was a movie that, um, uh, with, with everything that was going on in the news, obviously it was quite incendiary. It was a movie that felt very urgent. Well, very, it sure is, very what, with current. Charlottesville and yeah, everything exactly. happening. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I felt like it, it shone a light on something that um, I think ordinarily we could choose to ignore, and I think any kind of normalization of this is dangerous. Um, there's obviously a redemptive element to this, uh, and in no way is the film kind of tying things up in a nice bow, because life isn't like that, but... Um, well, tell us a little bit, though, for those people that don't know, true, true. that you're playing somebody who decides basically the path he took as a white supremacist is not the way he should go. Sure. And how basically do you get rid of that? I really love how literally he tries to get rid mm. of that ink. Um, yeah, yeah. that stuff on his skin yeah. to do it, but it's a way to dramatize what he's doing, what he's ripping off. Sure, I mean, like, Brian Widener was a career um, neo-Nazi, mm -hmm. um, and that's where, where he's, when we first meet him, he's completely inked up from head to toe. Um, and he's, uh, the way I, the, the journey of the character is very much one of an unconscious man who, who comes to an awakening. Um, he, he realizes well, the choices he has made are, are bad ones. He meets this woman who changes his life forever. She has these beautiful girls that he becomes obsessed with, and he tries to get himself out, which uh, for a lot of people who do try and do that has a lot of very grave consequences. Um, but it's difficult, uh, I think, for these people to leave once they're in it. The ideology is so strong. Um, there's almost kind of uh, this... Uh, almost an addictive quality to, 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 the, to the families that they're in and to these groups that they're in. Most of these people are very wayward when they get involved with this. Mm -hmm. um, Suddenly you belong. Sure, they, yeah. have, they have a purpose, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, they, they feel like there's a pat on the back and there's a kind of a good job um, said by somebody. So, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this, the real hero of the story is this guy called Daryl Lamont Jenkins. He works for the One People's Project. He is literally the people out in the street opposing these people and... He can spot the good in some of these people, and, and with kind of an amazing sense of compassion, could reach out to them and 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 say, you know, I can get you out of this if you're willing. And he does. And through two years of surgery, Brian is given a gift. He, it's all removed from his face, and and um, he has the potential to change his life um, and start again. Well, we watch the movie, and we can by watching the movie and watching your performance and watching how it's done put ourselves in that position, but it's hard in the beginning. Was it hard for you when they said, would you play this guy? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it was kind of a, a, a kind of moral seesaw for me. I, like yeah. The first time I talked to the real Brian was the day of Charlottesville, for example, and I remember ending that conversation with him and calling the director immediately after and thinking, um, I don't think this is a good idea. I think this is, um, this feels like the, the wrong time to tell this story. Um, also, our filmmaker, by the way, is an Israeli filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, uh, his, Guy Natif, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His family went through the atrocities of the Holocaust. Uh, so for him to want to tell the story and have that unique sense of compassion and uh, that extension of kindness, I thought was quite interesting. Um, and again, you know, when I would walk around uh, the small town of Kingston where we shot this film, it would have, I'd be covered, obviously, in the tattoos. And human nature is to usually ignore the kind of monster next to them. They don't want to look at things that are challenging in any way or, or scary. Yeah, they look away. And uh, I feel like that 
if we do that as a culture, that's dangerous because we can radically normalize um, these kinds of people. I think that's very dangerous. So hopefully this film, if nothing else, is an urgent kind of wake-up call. We don't see him in a really good light in the beginning. No, not at all, no, no. And we're basically seeing somebody where you do want to look away, not just because of the tattoos. Mm -hmm. You want to look away because you're thinking this is reprehensible mm. behavior. Well, sure, he's a character initially who is completely, he's detached from um, empathy. He's detached from compassion, mm -hmm. from love, from kindness. Um, he's literally, I think he's com completely lost touch with what his ideology even means. He's in a drunken stupor most of the time. Um, and he's, he's indoctrinated by these people. I mean, the, the ideology that this group follow is based in kind of Viking Odin mythology, which is about bloodlines and just complete utter nonsense. So um, sure, it, it was about that character finding something in this uh, Julie character that Daniel McDonald plays, mm -hmm. finding some sense of stability and finding that there are these chasms of empathy that he has and tenderness and, and care. Um, and suddenly that coming to the surface, you know. This is a family that is kind of ready-made for him, mm -hmm. you know, not his True. family. And he begins to see a bigger world through them. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and Daniel, she's really good. She's so, an incredible she kind of really natural is. talent. Yeah, 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 it's quite remarkable. And yeah. the, you, you see that through this movie. I mean, the performances are all spectacular right, right, that people you. are giving, especially when you see Vera Farmiga or Bill Camp or people play the people you really don't mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you just go. Yeah, I mean, i got to say, that especially with someone like Vera, you know, so much of that was kind of unscripted, and she really just turned up, um, and we didn't have much prep time with her at all, and she just came in doing this wonderful, three-dimensional, fully-realized character that was really, like, scary to all of us, you know, just the, the places she was going. She can do it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's phenomenal. Like, whenever I was in a scene with her, I felt, like, literally terrified, and I was meant to be the one that was scary, you know, which I think is great. Um, but it was, it was a hardship, I think, for all of us. We all knew what was in the headlines. We all knew the kind of world that we were living in and, and, and how important this was to portray these people um, the way they are. And uh, I think everyone... What about that. this man you're playing? What was yeah. your relationship with him? Complicated. Um, purely because of the things he's done. You know, I, I, I'm someone who finds forgiveness quite difficult to, to, to come by. You know, um, I really like to hold people accountable for their actions. And, mm -hmm. um, I did go meet with him. He's in the uh, witness protection program, and I, I spent like a week just kind of chatting to him and mostly talking about uh, with him about stuff that wasn't in the script, his childhood, and um, you know the, uh, what his early life was like. Uh, here's the other thing about him: is that if if you didn't know that he once looked like that, I mean, y you would have no idea that he was once covered in ink from head mm -hmm. to toe. I mean, he has been given a gift. He's been given a new lease on life. But he's an extremely paranoid person. He lives in constant fear. He's, he lives in constant reckoning, and that—that's uh, what he has to atone for, you know, for the things he's uh, things he's done. The great thing that you literally do, and that we see in this, is that we see somebody remove that ink, and then we wonder, is it gone? Mm, sure. You know, because yeah, yeah. you could take it away. Of course. Yeah. But what has to come away has to come from here and sure, come from here sure. as well. And that's only proven through action, that's only proven through time. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think certainly right now, I think it's a worthwhile question to ask. How much compassion do we have and how far does that go? And The hope in this movie for me is that there, there really is um, the kindness of strangers. People like Daryl Lamont Jenkins, who uh, Mike Coulter plays in this film, is solely responsible for getting him out of this movement, movement you know. Uh, the, the, the money and the funds that were provided for his surgery, provided by an anonymous donor, um, 
you know, if anything, that's the hope of the movie for me, is that there are, there are human beings out there willing to extend this compassion. You know? Yeah, and to say, I'll, I'll extend myself sure. like you do. But you do that as an actor, right? You're well, yeah, playing, I mean, yeah. You're yeah. putting on somebody's skin, yeah. no matter what part you're playing. You yes. Know? Whether there's any disguise into what doing. What made you do this? <laughs> I mean, I know Billy Elliot is the beginning, and Billy Elliot is a lot like you. Yeah, well, he, that, that, that movie's yeah. exactly like me. Yeah. I mean, so literally, you didn't do like, anything. All those no, awards I didn't know, you won. I didn't know what no, I was you doing. You just showed no, up. I, no, I genuinely did. Fourteen years did. old. You said yes, yeah, sure. No, I genuinely didn't know what I was doing. You know, because it was the first time on a film set for me. That movie. Um, I remember being very overwhelmed, being like, "God, the circus really did come to town," and, and you know, the cameras are pointing at me, and this is very extreme, and just really trusting a gut, like I had no idea what I was doing. But this film and, and the decision to make this. Um, was one about really challenging myself and, and seeing um, is it possible to completely transform myself to a degree I'd never done before. Um, and it was still a challenging thing. One of the most challenging things for me was was not holding the character in any form of judgment. You know, that's what they always say, like you can't yeah. judge your characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, you it's can't It's very play. difficult in this circumstance, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and it was important that I met him and introduced myself and everything else. Uh, but then also just that, that, that level of detachment that the character has and... He's well, you do that, feeling. but the reason I bring up Billy Elliot, in addition to it being such a seminal thing for you yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and what was happening to you, is that you're being brought up this way. You, you've got a sister who's a mm-hmm. dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is so much like you, mm-hmm. and yet there's all these cameras around. Sure. And but you're I, saying, what? 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A, I mean, I just literally it I just, I just winged my way through that movie for the first time, you know. But I think also me, um, you know, I had ne- never met my father before. Um, the relationship that Billy has with his father in that film is very challenging. Certainly this is a, is a character who uh, certainly lacked male presence and a male role model and that guidance and that leadership that he was looking for. Elton John, when he saw Billy Elliot and Ken, wept. He was weeping when I met him when I was 14. So he's he seen the movie version before he writes the musical yeah, yeah. When version I was a kid. of it when you're a kid. Yes, exactly. And he's weeping. He's weeping because he, his own father, um, he's, he's now passed, but uh, uh, as you, if you've seen Rocket we Man, have you know, seen like, Rocket it was very, it's like, not a good relation for him to come to terms with his homosexuality and everything else. And the, I think the most heartbreaking thing for him was that he never showed up to one of his shows. Not one. So I think when Billy's father turns up at the end of that film and, and turns up for his son and, and uh, performing with the Royal Ballet School, I think that really um, destroyed him. But, you know, that, that looking up to people and having examples, and they're so crucial, they're so important, you know. Um, and in this instance, maybe Brian, his life would have turned out differently. So know. what happens now after you meet Elton John again and you're playing Bernie Taupin? <laughs> <laughs> in this movie, yeah. it's like really weird. I don't know what the next connection is. Yeah, it's very strange because but, uh, obviously he did the, the musical, um, Lee Hall, who wrote Billy Elliot, wrote the musical. He wrote Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like a lot of kind of cosmic tethers to this. Um, and I love that as Bernie Taupin, which is, again, antithesis to this character, is such a loving, supportive, accepting human being and, and such a loyal friend um, it was really nice after doing this which is quite an unpleasant experience um, uh, to go and play a character like that that was just someone who's so um, lovely so is that made you have years and years of therapy or have you been living a sort of relatively normal life I mean I would hope relatively normal it seems relatively normal to me 
Uh, you know, I mean, I can. But we all think our. Yeah, I know. No, I know. It's, it's all true. relative it's really to one's experience. Thing. But I think you know, work for me is a real form of therapy. I get to play some characters from lots of different places and different walks of life, and um, uh, that to me is very interesting. I get to meet all the people that I'm playing most of the time. If they're still with us. Like that, I did a movie called. Not Films. the revolutionary. Uh, war no, no, no. He's, sorry, he was long not, since passed. But no. even like people like Peter Turner. I did a film called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool mm-hmm. with Annette Bening. He was around. He was extremely useful. Extremely lovely guy. To hang out with. Comp- what a wild life he has lived, and what a, a fascinating life he has lived as well. Um, so but I, another I, really that is. I'm not blowing smoke. That's another really terrific performance. Thank you. From you. Thank you. You tend to give them, you know. So to me, that's Hopefully. no accident. <laughs> you know? sure. I well, hope so. No, no. I mean, I'm still winging it. Even sometimes <laughs> two or three, and you say, okay, you know. But right, no, right. you keep doing it. Right, 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 right. And so what I'm trying to get at from you is whether you get a satisfaction or validation from that, whether you're the best judge of yourself. No, to you. you're not. No, I, I, I do. First of all, I don't watch anything I do. So that's it. So you have no, to no, depend no, I, on your wife, Kate. She's, you say, how was I in that? And she'll and say, I don't even, I don't even right. want, because she'll be like, uh, she'll be like, I want to watch this. I'm like, oh, don't, don't watch it when I'm around, please. I don't enjoy <laughs> it. I tell you why I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it because it's done. Like, there's nothing I can do to affect it, you know? And I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I like to be in control of the things I do. I want to make sure it, it goes how I want it to go. And as an actor, you have very little control. You know, ultimately, it's a, it's a director's medium and... Um, you know, tr- removing myself from that creative control is quite tricky. And I also think you can always be better. I really do like it. You're well, you know learning. what, Jamie, you can't be because <laughs> the movie's over. I know. know? No, I know. And you I might know. be better when you're doing it at p- home. My perspective is I'll get it on the next one. <laughs> I'll be good on the next one. It'll be the next time. <laughs> It'll maybe. still be yeah. that. So we do see the psychosis then. It exists, yeah. you know. It's you very neurotic. I'm aware of how neurotic it is. Yeah, yeah. it's just a strange profession. Yeah. But okay. let's take a few questions from the world outside. Oh, good. And see what they say. Like Emily R. says, did you ever go in public with the tattoos? If so, do you think people were intimidated or did you feel as if you wanted to hide them? I did go out in public with the tattoos on mostly uh, through necessity because we made this movie for Peanuts and we literally ran out of money to print new ones. Um, so I didn't have much of a choice in that matter. So, so I had to go out. Did yeah. you, so it means you had to take them home and sleep in them. No, I slept in them, went to get gas in them, went, got breakfast in them. Uh, like I had to, there was, there was no way around it. Like if I took them off, ruined the movie because we had to shoot the next week. And people did feel intimidated by them. I, I, when, this, when, when human beings know that there's a monster in the room and there's something very, I think we mentioned mm-hmm. this before, something that's very disturbing or uncomfortable, they choose to look away. They, they refuse to kind of make eye contact with you. There is um, a tendency to ignore the monster in the room, the elephant in the room, you know. So um, did you feel like you wanted to hide them? Couldn't. Couldn't take them off. Okay, let's get one more question from here with Danny P saying, watching your film shook me to the core. Did playing this real-life guy change you in any way? It's, you know what it has done? It's challenged me very much about who I am as a person and my uh, relationship with forgiveness. It really has. It's... it's uh, I really kind of hold grudges quite a lot, and that's, I, I know that's not a great thing. You hinted at that before, but it's not something I can see in you. you know? Yeah. Well, you haven't, you, haven't, you haven't given me a bad review yet, so... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, when that happens, I'll, 
I'll phone you. Yeah, careful. Just be careful. We'll just see how Peter. deep the grudge goes. <laughs> wow. Uh, God forbid you cross me. me. Uh, no, but I mean, it really it has to Yeah, I wonder what manifestation <laughs> it takes. <laughs> no, it's you just two get stars. Stony Never speak to you again. Stone silence people? <laughs> or do you have anger? Do you. Do you yell? I just hold people accountable. I mean, not for real. Okay. That's a joke. No. But, but I do hold, hold people no, sure accountable. And this film is genuinely challenging that sense of uh, holding people accountable to their actions and, and their choices. And I think at the end of this film, even making it and playing the character, it has, it has um, made me really look at myself and, and how I feel about certain people and you know, how far does my compassion extend and all of that stuff. Well, look. This show ends. This is it the first time you've I've been heard on? about this. I've heard you about have. This. Yeah, I've heard about the singing element. Did you song. take a grudge? I'm going to cut it there and uh, leave you guys to it. <laughs> course, you know, it's so no, funny. I'm on the show. We're doing. We it. had a question we didn't have time for, where oh. somebody said, "You know, Jamie, you look like Tom Holland, who <laughs> plays Spider-Man." And yeah. I thought, did people tell you that constantly? Because you were Billy Elliot. Yeah, you? and so was he. Yes, yeah. and when he was here, I said to him, "Sing Electricity" from Billy Elliot. What did he do? And he said, "I will kill you." Oh, he did? I can't. I'm oh, not going to do that. So, his, so at least, um, uh, no, but at least when friend, I say it, I no, won't feel quite... But his <laughs> friends were sitting out there, and mm. they screamed and made him do it. Right, 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 right. But he said, you don't know how torture it is yeah, to do yeah. that. And I said, no, I don't. Because seeing you and Billy Elliot, you do that dance, that yeah. anger that yes. comes out, and it's like, that's iconic. That goes in the time capsule. You have to live with that forever. Oh, no. Giving a great performance. Yeah, no, I'm no. sorry. It's no, no, no. And thank you. No, I'm, that is genuinely something that is very easy to be proud of because I still meet people today who are so... I mean, who's, they're still just so affected by it. And, and now it's, it's become its own thing. Handing that baton over to people like Tom Holland who, who've been discovered who are uh, phenomenal talents and... You know, just that, that legacy continuing, other people getting to play that part. and um, Well, then there you go. Then no. you should give us, give us the rest of us now, that little bit of music yes. that is in Jamie Bell's yes. heart. Right, it doesn't right. have to be this like long piece. Oh, it's it just... won't be. <laughs> Don't you worry. Well, now I'm it won't be see- very long now at all. Now I'm kind of seeing how. <clears throat> Now it might Wait, go. does anyone have any water? Is there any water in here? No, we don't have Oh, jeez. No, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> do, I, do I just start singing my own time? Yeah, in okay. your own time, because we have all the time in the world. I haven't sang it for a while. Yeah. So, goodbye, yellow brick road, where the dogs of society howl. Doing the movie version. <laughs> Can't plant me in your penthouse. I'm going back to my plow. I'm back to the howling old owl in the woods. Hunting the horny back toad. Got to hold that for a little bit longer. Nice. Oh, I finally decided my future lies beyond the yellow brick hold road. No, I mean Thanks, really. Guys. Thank you. That <laughs> really. I know. A tribute. <laughs> a tribute to yourself. Yes. And, and to, to Bernie, Bernie Taupin. And to Elton and John. And to Elton. Yeah, and to everyone yeah. you've ever is this worked real? with. It is. Correct. Yes. You, <laughs> look oh. at that. Now he sung. So it's all done. Yeah. Jamie. Thank you so much. <laughs> you were real. No, you were really great. <laughs>